Welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Saddle up for a gallop to the top of the animal industry, where you'll learn how to tame your wild business beast with tips, techniques, and tools that will take overwhelm to obedience school and have you wagging your tail with joy. And now your hosts, Kim Beer and Kara Taylor Swift. Hey there, business animals. It's Kim with Be More Business. And Kara with Fast Horse Photography. Hi, Kim. How are you today? I am doing pretty well. I am doing pretty well. Getting excited because we get to go on an airplane trip next week. So I'm super pumped for my first trip with my TSA pre. You would think as much as I travel, I would have had that thing a long time ago, but it took me a really long time to just pull the trigger and get her done. You're going to love it. Well, it, it was a little scary getting it because I almost failed the fingerprint thing. Because I've never had my fingerprints taken electronically before. And I like couldn't get my hand pressed down hard enough on the thing to make it work. What? It was, it was a struggle. <laughs> the, the poor man at the TSA pre-screening thing was like, you have to press harder on your pinky. <laughs> so I had to do it like five times before I could get it. That is the funniest thing to be worried about. Well, he, the first hand stress, actually, the I'll tell you, the TSA pre-check is a game changer. The thumbs stressed me out because I couldn't even get the thumbs really well. And then when I did the first hand and by the second hand, I, I honestly, I was sweating. It was scary. I didn't think it was going to happen for me just because I couldn't make my fingers all press at the same pressure to be able to get the stupid fingerprint thing done. Well, I'm glad it didn't have something to do with a dark past where fingerprints had been taken at another time and you were <laughs> not going to pass. I was sitting here thinking, why wouldn't she pass her fingerprint test? But yeah, well, I have to say, I'm not looking forward to getting on a plane next week. I am looking forward to getting out of town and seeing you guys and doing some work for Cowgirls with the Cameras. And so we're going to be in Arizona for folks that are listening at Art of the Cowgirl. So we're very excited. Yes. And if there's any of you there, make sure you stop by the booth. We will be at the Art of the Cowgirl booth, but we will also be promoting the business animal because we will be in the midst of a whole bunch of animal-based businesses while we are there. As a matter of fact, I think pretty much everybody has some sort of a access or touch point to animals or animals and art. So that means we're in our in and amongst our people. So what are we talking about today, Kara? That's right. And Kim said we're going to be at the Art of the Cowgirl booth. We're actually going to be at the Cowgirls with Cameras booth. So if you are on site, definitely come find us and say hi. So Kim, we are talking about creating a marketing calendar today to get us started and off our just sitting here getting excited about next week. Today, we're talking about creating a marketing calendar. And I think it's such a good time of year. We probably should, a lot of business owners probably have this done already or should have had it done already. But I think we know that there's also a lot of us out there that are just, we just survived the holidays and now we're getting our shit together for the new year. And that can, <laughs> that can transfer over into January and February sometimes. <laughs> Boy, can it ever. And when you are, if you take care of large animals outdoors and you went through, now it seems to be unseasonably warm here right now, but we, we went through a kind of a crazy cold snap there where it was, it was like chore time expanded quite a bit. So that might have derailed a few people from this particular task as well. So I do 
a marketing calendar. Well, I do a calendar for every single year. And I normally start in on this calendar around the 1st of October because it takes me a really long time to get everything completely coordinated. And with all of our trips for Cowgirls with Cameras and my speaking engagements and a lot of those things book up a year in advance, so I have a pretty good idea of what I'm going to be doing for the next year. And if I'm smart, I align that with my marketing because it makes it so much easier to be able to get people to those events or to be able to fill up the things that I need to do. And now that COVID has seems to have definitely taken a backseat to people coming out into public, I also have a lot of networking groups I'm going to. Then I also have a lot of people coming here to the ranch for Gestalt. So that's a little seasonal, not a lot, but there's some weather considerations to how much you want to sit outside in the cold and work on personal development and trauma. So that has a little seasonality to it. So now I have like this really complicated calendar. It took me all of three months to get it completely sorted out, figured out, wrote down and ready to go. And I managed to squeak in all my group times and stuff like that. So what is your process? Would you have one of those lovely calendars that you spend all the time on? Yeah, so it's pretty funny that you bring this up because in my household last week, it was a huge debate because I have a family calendar for starters. And the family calendar has work stuff on there, but it also has all of our travel because I travel a lot for work. My husband travels a lot for work. And then we have a nine-year-old who is a very busy little guy. So we're always trying to coordinate who's going to be where and when. So... (laughs) I wanted a giant wall calendar. I wanted to go super old school. So I was trying to convince my husband that I wanted to get this big wall calendar. And he's like, where are we going to put it? It's going to look terrible. So I went on Canva and I printed off every month of the year and I taped them all together and I hung it up in our kitchen. And it was like four foot by six foot by the time it was done. And oh I was my gosh. in our kitchen and I was in so much trouble. I got it all written down. And then once I, I could see it, because I'm a big person, I have to be able to physically see it. Like the little phone calendars or the computer calendars, I can't see it. So I was standing in front of it and I was looking at everything. And once I got it done, it was relegated to the downstairs office hallway so that no one else can see it except for me. But it was quite a task. So What I'm trying to say is I do a physical calendar for everything that needs to be done for my business in a year. And I do the same thing. And then I have an online system that I use. I actually love Google Sheets. I've been using them a lot the last two years in terms of keeping things organized and really breaking down once I have my big events figured out for the year, then breaking them down into small measurable activities that I can do on that calendar. And that's easily changeable as opposed to my giant calendar where I write in pencil and have to use an eraser and stand in my hallway all day. I have a, I have a crazy <laughs> system, but it works. Not everyone in my household agrees. <laughs> I've, done the, I've done the wall calendars quite a few years. And then yeah. 2020 and 2021 kind of taught me not to do that anymore just because it, they changed so much and it aggravated me. So I got out of the habit. I didn't even order one in 2022, and it felt very freeing. So I didn't bother to order one for 2023, just because so much stuff changed in those other two years. 
And the wall calendar got to be yeah. problematic, even though it was dry erase, it became problematic. Well, there's just so many great tools out there. Like there's no sense in being old school if you don't have to. And if your brain works that way, and it sounds like your brain does work that way. I really feel like sometimes I have to see things in a full picture. Otherwise, I'm overlapping and not giving myself enough breaks and downtime between some of the big events in my life. So um, but yeah. you're right. There are so many great tools out there, and I really need to be more active in not having a giant wall calendar. Well, I have the paper one, and I made up the like month by month. And I'll tell you, this for this year, when I look at the full year, I do get a little overwhelmed. We have a lot. We, you and I, have a lot going on, and then I have a lot yeah. on top of that. So it is a little overwhelming, but I do need to see what's coming so that I can organize my brain into and body into what what is coming up next. So once you get this calendar done, like I've done mine, Kara's done hers, no matter what format, whether you choose the large taped together hallway calendar or what I did this year is I just printed off the months off of something I Googled. And just printed it off on my printer and then wrote on one. And then that one became mm-hmm. kind of the master. I transferred it over to my electronic calendar, my Google calendar that I keep on Google, which runs my life. It, it keeps me in the places I'm supposed to be. And then I organized a big one that it's not a big calendar. It's a big, basically flip calendar that Nick can use to figure out where the heck I'm at at any given time. So once I finished that... Then it's time to look at this as more than just a tool to get you to the places that you need to be or to show you where you're going. It becomes a tool to do your marketing. So this is where this episode really comes in. You kind of have to do the calendar up front so that you know what is going on in your business and what you're going to be doing. And and I think it's a good idea to do that personal calendar too, because that's going to help you a little bit with determining what kind of time you have for marketing or or some of the other things that you need to be concentrating on. Then it's the time to transfer that into what are you going to do with this calendar for your marketing purposes? How are you going to fill that calendar up? For us, we have to fill events. And just a plug right here, we have a beginner's photo photography workshop in April that still has spots open for it. And we have one in August that still has spots. So we want to fill up our events. So it's important that we realize, okay, that event is coming up in April. That one needs to be filled. So we need to do a lot more advertising and marketing around it. So that's the goal of what you're looking at here is to get to that point. And we have some great step-by-step ways. Of course, we have a big three to help you get there. So first off, the first of the big three is identify your marketing goals. And, and that's important. And if you haven't done that yet for this year, here's a really good opportunity for you to do it in conjunction with a way that's going to make a really big impact on your business. And then the second of the big three is to develop your annual calendar, get those calendars together and put them up and and start examining how you want to structure your marketing and in conjunction with what you've identified as your goals. And then the final of the big three is to batch the outcome of that and make your life a whole heck of a lot easier. So let's dive into identifying your marketing goals. Kara, why don't you take that piece of it? You've got some great ideas here for people. 
Well, I think this is a great first step. Like, what do you need to market? You know, thinking about that. I like to start there for, you know, sit down. I look at my calendars. I think about, okay, what's everything that's happening this year all at one time, all in one place? And I start jotting those things down because that's going to be the framework of where my marketing calendar goes. So when I start identifying those goals, I'm thinking about, okay, who am I marketing to in the first place? Am I marketing to clients? Am I trying to get new clients? Like what's going on there? And what do I hope to accomplish by that? Am I trying to gain new leads? Do I hope to make new sales? Do I need to get butts and seats at events? Do I want to increase brand exposure? There could be a lot of things that I've got coming up this year that need to be included in the marketing calendar. And then I think about, okay, so how do I pull this stuff apart and then think about how to create measurable outcomes and obtainable progress points for each one of these. So I'll take one of those goals, maybe it's to gain new leads, for example, and I think about a measurable outcome. Like, what do I want that to look like at the end of the year or at the end of that marketing period? And then I think about even breaking that down into what does progress look like for me? So I've been actually working on some really um, big goals for my year right now, and I've been pulling out and saying, okay, what would progress look like? And how do I work that into my marketing calendar and make it attainable so that I can check that off throughout the year? Then I think you have to think about, okay, so what does the strategy look like? So am I going to use email marketing? Am I going to use my social media channels? Am I going to work within the search engine and do some you know, maybe some Google marketing there. So I'm going to think about, okay, what's my strategy going to be? And then I break that down even more and I say, okay, what will the channels be then that I use? So what have I used in the past that I've already, where do I already have an established presence? So for me, I might say, well, I have a decent following, you know, on social media. So maybe I need to continue using that as one of my channels. But I haven't done a great job of email marketing. So maybe that's an area that I want to grow this year and start further developing my presence on that channel. And I need to do some research about that. So what would be some things that I need to know in order to make that channel successful? So Kim, what do you think about that in terms of like kind of organizing that in your brain? I love it. I love sitting and thinking about what you want. And I like the idea of doing getting yourself together on the new things that you want to try or the things that you know that you should be doing but have not taken the time to do before. And I think this is something I see quite frequently in my own clients is that they know they need to be doing email marketing, but they struggle with their email marketing in many yeah. different ways. And it, it, you know, I had this kind of sidebar a moment just to let everybody off the hook a little bit. I had this conversation like multiple times in November and December this last year with people who are like, you know, this was supposed to be easy. I thought this was going to be easy having a business, doing marketing, all of those kind of things. You know, this is supposed to be easy. <laughs> People make it look so easy. I just finished a blog post on Be More Business about, is it supposed to be easy? And my response to that is, well, it gets easier the more you do it, but it certainly is not easy in the beginning. None of this stuff is. Like, even what we just talked about there, just setting your marketing goals. If you're a new business owner and or this is your first few years or you've been bootstrapping your way up to this, it's not easy. <laughs> it's, 
So just pat yourself on the back and know that it's not easy. And email marketing is one of those things. Until you get to doing it, it's not easy. So when you're identifying these goals and you say, I want to try email marketing or I want to try a new channel like YouTube or something like that, it takes a little bit of extra effort. So start to bake that into the pie a little bit into what you expect, into your expectations. And I will tell you the good news is, no, it's not easy right now, but the more you do it, the easier it becomes. When even me, who now helps other people a lot with email marketing and email automation and text message automation, when I first started writing those emails and using the software, I had to learn it too. And it took me a while and it was a little bit of a struggle. It's easy for me now because I do it all the time. And that's the truth for everything. So just know that. I love everything that you said. The one thing I do want to add to this is when you're identifying your marketing goals, think about the calls to action that you need to start incorporating into your marketing. Because this is another thing that I see consistently happen in social media marketing. I see it consistently happen with email marketing and even on websites is that business owners do a lot of good content, but they don't tend to add the call to action at the end. There's a part of this that in in content marketing, which is a lot about, it is what social media and email marketing is to the biggest extent, that you provide that content and then people are swayed to purchase something from you. And that does work, but you also have to say, this is how you do it. Okay, if you enjoyed this article, if you got something out of it, if it made a small difference in your life, you need to click here and hire me as a consultant or click here for me to groom your dog or click here for me to train your horse or click here to schedule a exploratory session for your photography or whatever it is is the business that you do, you need to have good calls to action. So while you're looking at those marketing goals, think about the calls to action that are going to fulfill those goals. So if you're looking to add more people to your lead list, what is a lead for you? How does that lead happen in your business? And what is the call to action that you need to do to get people into that area? If you want to make more sales, how can you reduce the steps from the click of the button to the checkout cart? And that's an important piece in being able to reach these goals after you have identified them. So do look, and while you're making the goals, think about what can you do for calls to action to make those things happen. I love that. So are we ready to move on to big three number two? I think so. Developing that calendar. This is kind of the fun part, I think, the developing your annual calendar. It's kind of the fun part. (laughs) And so we've kind of already talked about it, like choosing your marketing calendar tools is a great place to start. There's some good stuff out there. I mean, there's some very simple stuff that is included probably in software that you already have, like the Excel spreadsheets, the Google Sheets, which I've really enjoyed using the last couple of years. There's lots of free calendar software that's already out there. You can go on Canva and find pretty much unlimited planner and calendar templates that you can pull and customize and make adorable and just really use them. Do you use any type of special software that you really like? Or I'm definitely a paper calendar person, but I also like to use an online program as well, especially something that syncs between coworkers, it syncs between partners, it syncs my family's calendars. Is there anything that you really like while we're on this point? 
So Google Calendar runs my world. I switched Mm -hmm. over from the native iOS calendar on Apple to Google, I don't know, five or six years ago. It's been a long time, even a little longer than that, probably. And I really love Google's calendar. I have uh, my calendar, if you look at it, is a very colorful state of affairs. It has, it's very color coordinated and it's nice because now I've gotten you and Phyllis. So you guys use a Google calendar, at least, at least enough inside of for us to be able to do some cowgirls with cameras things through an automation. So that helps. And, and I get to see where Kira's going on her ski trip. And I, I have about turned down some appointments because I thought, oh, I have something going on that week and it, it's you going skiing. So <laughs> I look at the, I look at the bar and go, oh, I'm busy that day. And it's like, oh, darn it. It's Kara that's busy that day. I'm free. What would you like to do? So Google Calendar definitely is one of my favorites. When it comes to Canva, there's not just planners and things in the Canva templates. Canva at the paid level actually offers a social media planning calendar as part of their offering. And that also allows you to go ahead and schedule posts accordingly. So it's kind of a post scheduler calendar type of thing. And that tool seems seems to work really well for a lot of people. I have too many social media accounts. I have too many businesses to be able to make good use out of it because you can really only have one account of each type. Like you can have one Facebook and one YouTube and one LinkedIn. But I've heard really nice things about it from my clients. I've suggested it to them and they've used it because it does let you go ahead and schedule the posts and everything is right there in Canva. Canva is really pushing into the space of wanting to be your like complete marketing tool for everything. I used one of their AI tools the other day just for grins and giggles to see how well it worked for the writing part of things. And it, it was actually pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, was, I was pretty impressed. So, yeah, that's a couple of tools that I use for this. That's awesome. So you figure out once you know what you want to use for your calendar, then you've got to figure out lead times on things that are really important for you to market for this year. So for me, I'll be thinking about some of our photography events that we have coming up, or I might be thinking about, I do a couple gift certificate promotions around the holidays. So Mother's Day is coming up in May. So I typically will do a gift certificate promotion for Mother's Day. So I then need to think, okay, how far out do I need to start putting that out into the world? And what do I need to do to get prepared for that? So on the calendar, I'm going to actually be very detailed And I'm going to talk about, I'm going to have due dates set for certain projects. I'm going to think about how much lead time I need in terms of prepping my marketing materials, prepping for social media, prepping for emails, getting those things pre-written when I want them pre-written by, thinking about things like hashtags that I want to use and having those ready to roll. Like, so I have some real, you have to give yourself enough lead time to back yourself out so that you can have the time to do all of that. So that you're not sitting there going, oh, on my calendar, it says next week I'm going to run a Mother's Day promotion, but you haven't done any of the work to prepare for it. So you're not cramming last minute trying to get things done. Another good example is this is not necessarily marketing related, but we have a Horses on the Beach workshop that we host here in February. And in order to be prepared for that event, there's some real important things that have to happen that have to do with insurance. They have to do with permitting. 
And those things are all essential and they have to be done a certain amount of time before the event ever happens. So if you wait to the last minute for some of that stuff, then it's not going to happen. So really thinking about lead times and not just like thinking about them, but setting due dates, breaking it down into manageable and you can check it off the list type of activities that you know that progress is happening towards that. Yeah. And then I also tell people, think about things like what kind of important dates for your business are coming up. Are there holidays that are big for your business? Are there times of year that you're busier? Or maybe you have lull times because those are some great times that you can be thinking about getting ahead of the game and spreading out the work that you have to do. Do you have a new product that you're launching this year that you're thinking about launching this year, a new promotion that you're planning to run? These are all things that need to be planned out on your calendar and broken down into big pieces. Once again, are there big events that you host every year or that you even that you attend every year and participate in? Anything you want to add to that, Kim? Yeah, I do want to add back up where you talked about the lead times. And I think this is such an important piece of this puzzle that I see a lot of people fail at. So here's one of the things that I see a lot of my coaches decide to do. So it gets to be close to an event period in time, like Mother's Day is a good example. And they want to hold some type of an event for that particular holiday. So they want to plan it. And it turns out that they have that idea about three weeks before Mother's Day. And it's just simply not enough time to be able to turn it around, get the event done and get it filled. And then they mark it down as a failure because it didn't fill up and it didn't actually execute. And the reality is, is that that's not an accurate judgment of that event or of their business or of their service offering or of the price or whatever it happened to be. It's a function of how long have you been planting that seed in people's minds? And the truth is, is that people have to see something multiple times before they bite on it. Now, somebody might see it and go, oh, yeah, I want in on that. But there's a lot of people out there that have to keep seeing it consistently in order to know that that's for them and want to execute on purchasing it. And when you count yourself a failure, when you don't give yourself enough lead time in being able to do the marketing for something, then you can't very well say that it failed because of any other reason than you just didn't have enough time, right? You didn't give those people enough time to look at it. This is the whole point, in my opinion, of making this calendar is to look at what are the lead times that you have for events or what you need for your seasonal work. I have clients outside of the animal industry who do things that are very seasonal. So I have a chimney company that I do some consulting with and their big season is October to February, right? But they can do a lot in the other months to do cleanings and stuff, but they need to be prepared for their busy season. And that's when the the biggest marketing needs to happen, right? That needs to be the push, but they also need to be into people's news feeds, into their inboxes, recognizable and visible so that they're the top of mind when the season comes around and it is time to go ahead and purchase. So you can't wait. If your busy season starts in October, you can't wait until September to start advertising. You need to start back in June or even May and start getting those seeds planted 
so that when that time comes around, it can grow. I know I'm kind of belaboring this point, but I want people to really understand you can't judge something a failure in your marketing when you don't allow enough lead time. When you create this calendar, it gives you the latitude to create that lead time in what you're you're wanting to do. And just you doing things so much more thoughtfully. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I see photographers and it feels like the most last minute advertisement that they put out because they woke up and they looked online and everybody else was advertising about Easter mini sessions or something. And they're like, oh, crap, I should be doing that, too, probably. And it feels like just the most last minute because you've not seen anything else leading up to it. You've not seen Anything other than, oh, I'm just going to throw this out into the world. And then they wonder why they didn't book anything because they hadn't started prepping their clients for that. They hadn't started prepping the consumer market for that. And it's just, I don't know, it's just you can't just always throw out things out there and hope they're going to stick. You know, having this lead time and being really allowing yourself the time to be thoughtful and strategic and to not overload yourself, I think, makes such a big difference. It does. And if you want even more motivation to make sure this happens this way in the way that we're talking about and, and keeping up with your marketing calendar, you know, I see social media being much more impactful now than it has ever been before. Mm-hmm. This lockdown situation has really connected us with some social channels. Now, it may not have been what it was before the lockdown, but uh, whatever your chosen social channel is, it operates on an algorithm. And that algorithm operates on consistency. And the algorithm can't operate on consistency for you if you aren't in the stream way ahead of when you need people to recognize stuff. So you've got to start training the algorithm, working with the algorithm, marketing to the algorithm ahead of when you want to market to the consumer. And so if you're not really out there ahead of the eight ball, your social media marketing is going to fall really flat. And then you're going to say, oh, social media marketing didn't work for that. And although I will never tell you that social media marketing is the only avenue that you should be marketing on, I do believe heavily in networking as the most efficient way to build a business. But I will tell you it's a great support tool. But if you don't train the algorithm and you don't stay consistent with it, it's difficult for it to even be worth your time and effort to do it. That's not an excuse to quit, by the way. <laughs> okay, so you've you've identified your marketing goals. You've sat down and you've done the work of really laying out your calendar for the year. First of all, I'm going to commend everyone who's done that because that's hard work and you've done a good job and you're setting yourself up for success this year. Now you've got to do the work, right? So our big three, number three, is to batch it. And I love batching, well, for lots of reasons. I do love batching. And we do have an episode that we have covered before all on the topic of batching. It's episode 32, Battling the Batching Boredoms. And we highly recommend if you're thinking about batching and you might need a little refresher, go check out that episode. It's a short amount of time just to get a little refresher. But this is where you're actually sitting down and you're doing the work, right? So I know Kim has some things that she wants to add here. But one of the things I like about batching is when you get in that mind frame, your work has a consistent feel. And when you're talking about putting together a marketing strategy for a particular project, you do want that message to feel cohesive and you want it to be cohesive across the board, 
all of the different platforms that you're using, all of the different channels that you're using. So when you can sit down and work on it all together, you're in that mindset. That's probably my favorite thing about it is being in a consistent mindset and having everything feel like it's connected. Absolutely. And it's so important for how your audience connects to what you put out in marketing media. So far as batching is concerned, I'm going to just really shorthand our Battling the Batching Boredoms episode, I think, somewhat. I would really recommend if batching is not something that you do on a regular basis, go listen to that episode. It will be worth your time in spades to get that wisdom because it's it certainly is effective. But the basics of batching are it's like baking cookies, right? If you bake one cookie at a time, it takes you a tremendous amount of time and it's a lot of effort. It's hardly even worth doing, right? But if you bake a batch of cookies, then you multiply your output for basically roughly the same effort, right? So the first step is do your prep work. You do have to think have things in order to batch effectively. The prep work means that you are going to have your channels set up, that you're not going to be spending time in there when you're doing your scheduling, like setting up the channel and that kind of thing. That all needs to be done ahead of time. And I recommend in the prep work that you also have some type of a formula that you can follow. And I have this piece of paper, which I will show Kara, that has all my social media formulas for every business that I own on it. And I've always done this for my clients. And this year, this last year, I had revolted against social media for a while. I will be honest. And then this last year, I came back and did this for me. It's been so good, though, recently. I know that's because I batched it all up. I did it all in December. I know. I had a lot of batch. I batched all of the way through April. I can't get on social media without it being the Kim Beer Show. I know it. That was the goal. But I have like Monday, I do make it happen Monday. This is for be more business. Tuesday, I remind people we have a business animal podcast show. Wednesday, I have a creative prompt that goes out. Thursday, I have some type of a promo that is calendar associated, right? So I have a speaking engagement or something like that that I want to invite people to that goes there. I don't post on Friday for this business. Saturday, I do my mini blog and Sunday, I do my big blog teasers. So I have a formula for my week. Once I have a formula, all I have to do is go back and fill that formula for whatever posting schedule it's on. In my case, this is by the week. So I go, okay, I need 12 Make It Happen Mondays to get me through April. And I come up with the ideas and I sit down and record them and all at one time. And that becomes my batch, right? And then I can batch the other things as well. I sometimes sit in the evening and batch these mini blogs. I sit in the halfway watch television and write mini blogs on Canva all evening. But it it helps because I'm able to get it all done together. And then I have another batch time where I schedule it all on the scheduling tool that I use for social media. So Do your prep work, figure out your formula. You know, how many times a week do you want to post? And then give yourself a formula, give yourself permission to break that formula if you need to, and then match the content that you have in the formula to what's on your calendar. Now you've got some mindfully created social media that's much easier for you to work with. When it comes to batching, two other tips, and we covered this, I know, on that episode. 
you have to eliminate distractions. So this is your time to say, I'm going to protect this mama bear time, you know, lock the door, tell the kids they can't be out, you know, knocking on the door. If you can't get privacy in your own home, go rent a hotel room for a night, you know, and, and do your stuff or go rent it for the day and come back home. So eliminate your distractions, schedule the time so that you're able to really concentrate on this and do it in very concentrated spurts that allow you to make a lot of progress in a short amount of time. So you're baking the batch of cookies instead of one-offing the cookies, which feels like a struggle. This first two weeks of January, 2023 has walked through the door and said, hello, I am here and you are busy. And I haven't had, Kara says it's been Kim Beer on the social media show. I haven't had a moment to post anything. Had I not gotten that stuff done in December, you would have heard crickets because I literally, the other night I worked until 1030. I was like, this is craziness. So I'm actually looking forward to next week, which is normally very busy for the thing that because I'm going to be able to, to just be away a week. Now, I'm not complaining. I'm excited that I have this much going on. Trust me, I am because it's building up for great, great things in the future. But after my um, wonderful December where I spent it completely absorbed in creating content, it feels a little shocking to all of the sudden have all of that, you know, just work and me have like clients like crazy. So I love y'all dearly, but it was a little overwhelming these first couple of weeks. (laughs) That is awesome. Okay, so I hope that this got some folks inspired to really sit down and take their marketing calendar to the next level. Because I think all business owners probably have a general plan in mind. They probably got some things in their brain. Maybe they've got some things down on paper. But we want you guys to maybe just spend a little time making some effort around your marketing calendar. So start by identifying your marketing goals, develop that annual calendar, and then batch it to get it done. We hope this has been helpful for you guys. We've enjoyed getting together this morning and chit-chatting and Definitely inspired me with a couple of new fresh ideas that I hadn't thought about before that I'm going to give a go after we get done here today. So if you have enjoyed the show, let us know. We're on The Business Animal at Instagram and Facebook, and you can also find us online. And if you haven't already, if you're a photographer, tune into our other show, Cowgirls with Cameras, that we host with fellow photographer Phyllis Burchette Photo. And we've also got some great events that you might be interested in attending if you're a photographer. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business Animal. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you learned something today, leave us a review. To learn more, find us at thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep your business well-trained with The Business Animal.